are tuning in to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. My name is Bree, and you can find me at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. Check out the show notes for more information, including a link to my website. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. Hello, welcome. Today, we are going to talk about the gift of honoring your own boundaries. Ah, yes, it is a gift. It is a gift. Recently on Yoga Podcasts, we talked about energy vampires. Why it is so important to be proactive rather than reactive and why we need to create sacred space that everyone honors that we don't give our power away just because someone is our mate our boss our child everyone is required to seek permission to enter into your sacred space and the reason why this is important is because when you learn to still you also realize that you can be stolen from. And that puts you in a very defensive, reactive space. So if you allow someone to steal your energy, your time, your space, then you're teaching them that it can happen to them. And so the cycle becomes toxic. Essentially, when you have that type of defensive mentality, you are in constant reactive, reactive, reactive mode. It's the difference of fighting a fire and preventing a fire. Now, this doesn't mean that the people that you love do not get more permission to access your sacred space, rather that is literal space, physical space, emotional, mental, but you give them permission. You do not allow them to steal that energy from you. The definition of an energy vampire is someone who rides on your vibration. It is so hard to raise the vibration of others. It is very easy to raise your own vibration, but it is very challenging to raise the vibration of others. We want to teach people how to raise their own vibration. But it is really easy for them to lower your vibration. It is really easy for them to lower your vibration. Think about it. You've been in a toxic environment. You've been around people who are filled with negative energy. How easy was it for you to cheerlead them to a higher vibration? It is so much easier for you to remove yourself from the situation or to have your energy lower than it is to raise their vibration or even set a boundary 
in that moment. It is always easier to have the boundary in place than it is to place the boundary later. I recently talked about what dogs teach us about yoga. And one of the things that is synonymous in the dog training community from all dog trainers, no matter what type of methods they use, is it is important from day one to create boundaries. It is really challenging to try to do it on day 100. If you do not want your dog to go into your bedroom, you put up a gate. You do not allow your dog to go into your bedroom and then later decide you do not want your dog in your bedroom and expect your dog to offer their highest vibration to you at that point. It is always easier to enter into a situation where you honor your sacred space first because you are inherently teaching others how to honor you. And when they learn how to honor you, you are setting an example on how you are going to honor them. And that creates respect. That creates a safe environment. And in turn, that allows them to create that between themselves and others, which creates an ecosystem. So one of the examples we talked about in that episode of Energy Vampires is the yoga studio. When you walk into a yoga studio, it is inherent that you're going to lower your voice, you're going to take off your shoes, you're going to honor everyone's sacred space, which is their yoga mat, And you're going to participate introspectively during that session. You're going to create peace for yourself and for others. I pause on purpose because when we pause, we allow the brain to visualize to make assumptions, to make connections, and then to bury into the subconscious. We do not pause enough. And I'm going to talk about that because pausing is a form of creating boundaries. When someone is asking you, telling you, requesting, demanding all different variations of the same thing and you pause, you are creating an instantaneous boundary in that moment because what happens is your pausing gives everyone the opportunity to think. It gives you the opportunity to consider and give permission and it gives the other person the opportunity to think if What they're requesting is appropriate. This is a teachable opportunity. 
everything we do. This is what I love about yoga. Yoga teaches mindfulness. Everything we do becomes a mindful act. So let's talk about some really important ways for you to begin to create boundaries in your life and to proactively create boundaries and how you can slowly build sacred space in areas with people who have run amok. Even if they are the most loving, awesome people, you still may have inadvertently created opportunities for them to encroach on your personal sacred spaces. I gave an example during the Energy Vampire episode where I talked about being a cheer coach. And little cheerleaders, especially the kids that I used to coach, they would just walk up to me and I could be in mid-conversation with another coach, a parent, or another cheerleader. And they would just start doing backbends or the splits or handstands because they made the assumption that I was going to spot them no matter what else I was doing. And because of my need to offer safety, I would stop everything I was doing and spot that cheerleader. So then what that taught the cheerleader was she got what she wanted. She wanted me to watch her, help her, spot her, do her, her trick, right? And the person I was talking to learned that they didn't matter, that if someone who had something more important came along, I would drop everything I was doing to tend to that, thus teaching that I had zero boundaries, that I didn't create sacred space, and whoever demanded the most received the most. So I had to create a true boundary, like a bona fide boundary. I had to have the conversation. I had to tell my cheerleaders, going forward, you have to ask permission for me to spot you. I have to give you eye contact and I have to say yes. If I do not do those things, you will be you will be forced to sit out during the remainder of the session. There had to be a consequence, basically. So what happened? It became a really awesome opportunity for me to not only teach what boundaries look like and that they're acceptable and they do not have to be aggressive or or mean, or painful. And furthermore, it taught everyone that they all mattered, that everyone mattered to me so much that I was going to create structure. That is another thing that I've learned from training my dogs. Structure is synonymous with boundaries, and structure and Boundaries are synonymous with sacred space. And sacred space 
is synonymous with respect. And respect teaches love. And love teaches acceptance, confidence, and compassion. And those things teach autonomy, introspection, mindfulness, And all of that helps us to find peace and contentment. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? I challenge you to pause right now. Rewind. Listen to that again. Write it down. And meditate on that thought. Pause, rewind, write down, meditate. Pause, rewind, write down, meditate. Okay, welcome back. (laughs) Now, let's talk about some ways that you can actually add boundaries, sacred space in your life. I know people are really weird about boundaries. The thought... When people say it to you, it can, it can really spark up some weird feelings. When you think about it yourself, it feels aggressive. It feels like building that wall, <laughs> that proverbial wall. So let's talk about creating sacred space instead. Mm, now that sounds good. That sounds like a big hug. Sounds like an oxygen bar, right? Sacred space. Sacred space can be something as simple as Having a place in your home, a time, a situation where everyone honors that that becomes sacred for you. Using the restroom, taking a shower, taking a hot bath, sleeping. You know, sleeping is interesting, right? Because when you're a baby, everyone honors your time, (laughs) asleep because they don't want you ruining their sacred time, their sacred space. So when babies are asleep, what does everyone say? Shh, the baby's asleep. Don't wake the baby. What they're really saying is, I want my own sacred time and space right now. If you wake the baby, I'm going to lose that. We tend to still try to honor people's time when they're asleep. You know, shh, everyone's asleep. Don't call after 9 p.m. It's like inherent sacred space. But then there's the opposite, where boundaries have been crossed. After 10 p.m., your neighbor's throwing a party in their backyard. People are blasting their music, going through a neighborhood. Things that I've always thought of as being sacred times, sacred spaces. So first, creating sacred space. You know, a boundary is the door is closed. A sacred space is... People understanding when not 
to utilize your energy. It's sort of like going back to the kids because kids, you have to teach them everything, right? We're, we're constantly teaching them. They're constantly learning, as should be all humans, but kids in particular are very good at this. <laughs> and so if a kid runs up to you and hops on your back, and every time they do it, you give them a piggyback ride, they're always going to do it. But if a kid runs up to you and hops on your back and almost knocks you over, you're going to tell the child they're not allowed to do that without permission. Or they're too big to do that now. Or they no longer can ride your back. If you walk up to someone and you pull them by the ponytail, that would be inappropriate, right? These are things that we teach without teaching. We teach, or I should say, we teach without realizing, without knowing, because we've created sacred space. We've created the energy within self that prevents others from even considering to cross those boundaries. So there's a sort of way that you have to carry yourself, that you have to begin to do the healing of your own life, create the confidence that people inherently, humans, animals, everybody inherently understands that they're entering into your sacred space and vice versa, right? So how do we do that? How do we today just start, especially when we're in environments around people who are so used to getting everything they want from you on demand? Well, we go back to the pause, just being quiet. Have you ever noticed that when someone's really quiet, it creates a ripple effect. Think about your grandparents. Grandparents are typically pretty quiet. I don't know what it is. All that wisdom building up. <laughs> you walk into your grandparents' home. It feels quiet. It feels almost like a yoga studio. It's quiet. It feels safe. It feels secure. It feels peaceful. Your grandpa sitting in his chair. He's quiet. Maybe he's watching the news. You understand that you're stepping into sacred space. You say hello. You go kiss him on the cheek or the forehead. But you leave him, you leave him be. You leave him alone. Your grandmother's baking bread. Okay, I am completely setting a scene that may or may not be realistic to your grandparents, but you're getting, you're getting the vibe. You're imagining what I'm saying. Your grandmother's in the kitchen baking bread. You go and say hello. She asks you about your day, but she's still baking her bread. She's still kneeing and doing all the things that she needs to do to the dough. She's not stopping. She's pausing, but you realize that she's busy. And so you either stay and honor that, you observe, you ask if she needs your help, or you move on. Because what your parents have done is they have created structure, foundation, and you are stepping into their space. 
And furthermore, because of the respect, whenever they come into your sacred space, you alter your space to accommodate them, right? You turn down your music, you pay attention, you listen to what they might be saying to you, you honor their time. And there's this beautiful exchange of that consistency that we're talking about that obviously they've created and they've modeled and they've taught. And so you inherently mirror that back to them. Now, this is an ideal, common example of what we think about when we think about grandparents. Same thing can be said for a boss. So we tend to understand what sacred spaces and boundaries look like. The walking into a yoga studio, the walking into your grandparents' house, the meeting with your boss, the job interview. We get it. So we all know intellectually we understand. Where do we tend to give away our boundaries and our sacred space? To people who take it forcefully, to people who we give it to willingly, right? When we're trying to manipulate a situation or when we're be getting manipulated. So where you can begin in creating sacred space today is by pausing. Every time someone is implying that they want something from you or literally asking, pause. Someone's calling you three times in a row, you pause. Someone's asking you a question. Pause. Even if it's a simple question. May I have a cookie? Pause. One, two, three. Yes, of course. Why? Because it offers an opportunity for everybody involved to think. When thinking gets involved, we can begin to assess, evaluate, and decide what we want to do or don't want to do. No, you cannot have a cookie. It is almost dinner time. Yes, you can have a cookie. Tell me if you like them. It isn't about your answer. It's about the person seeking permission. When people seek permission for your time, your energy, they are no longer able to become a vampire. Think about it. How is someone going to be an energy vampire if they are asking permission? If you say yes, when you really mean no, you are giving your power away. You are giving, gifting. 
And it is important to understand the difference. If you allow a person who is toxic by any definition that you choose for the sake of today's episode, the opportunity to have access to your mind, your body, and your spirit, you are gifting that opportunity. Because a simple pause will begin to reteach all parties involved to seek permission. I've been in toxic situations with people. And what I've learned is when they hurt me, I need to say, ouch. And how I choose to say, ouch, depends on the situation. But the most important thing that I need to do after I say ouch is I need to be quiet. I need to pause. And then I need to limit their access to being able to give me the opportunity to say ouch again. That doesn't always mean cutting off people, breaking up, divorcing, it, it, saying goodbye. There are levels to toxicity, right? There are levels to someone riding your vibrational wave. But it, what it does is it gives me an opportunity to be a teacher of my own life. If you keep having to say ouch all of the time, then you need to evaluate everything, analyze. One of the best advisements that one of my good friends gave me, she's a yoga teacher, she said, treat a situation like it's a science project. And I love that, especially as someone who considers themselves a scientist on some levels, teach it like, treat it like it's a science project. What does that mean? That means dissect it, analyze, hypothesize. Basically care about your life. Know what a sacred space even looks like. If you like to use the bathroom alone without people walking in, even if it's your child, that is a good boundary that we all understand. It's not a boundary that someone isn't going to get. You start with the boundaries that are inherent to everybody. Everybody understands the need to use the bathroom alone, to shower in peace, to take a hot bubble bath quietly. Those are things that everyone gets. Everyone understands to allow a sleeping person to sleep. That you may not reach somebody if you call them after dark. There's just things that collectively make sense. So start by creating what already makes sense into a sacred space, a sacred activity, a sacred boundary. 
and then slowly but surely begin to create mindful actions. If you're a very reactive person, just start becoming more proactive. If you know there are things that are troublesome in your life already, try to think how you could be more proactive and mitigate them. A good example is this. My poodle loves to bark in the car if he sees another dog. So my trainer said, can he see out the window? And I said, yes. And he said, can you make it where he cannot see out the window? And I said, I've never thought about that. So if he cannot see the dog, he's not going to bark at the dog he cannot see. I mean, that's the general idea, right? So if there are areas in your life that you feel people, right? You're, you're giving away your power. So you feel that people are taking, riding your vibrational wave, taking energy from you. Can you at all be more proactive? A good example is in relationships. People always tell me that it's hard for their mate to not send them a thousand text messages or, you know, want something from them or feel insecure about the relationship. You know, these are conversations I have with people, especially in working in my sacred spaces and people who have suffered from trauma because the power has never been theirs. So they don't know that they're giving away power because they've never felt entitled to their own power, their own empowerment. Their solar plexus chakra is not aligned, which means their sacral chakra is not aligned, which could mean that their root chakra is not aligned, right? They're not safe and secure. They don't feel like they understand who they are. They don't feel entitled to their own empowerment. But what if instead of fighting the battle, they go, okay, I'm going to make this phone call before this person is even going to call me. I'm going to find out why this person feels insecure. And if it's something that makes sense, I'm going to be more proactive. Now, there are lots of different ways to go about all of these ideas, but the major assumption is that most people are healthy. Most people are seeking just basic general validation. Most people are just seeking basic foundational love. We're not talking about anything obnoxious, toxic, unhealthy, just like the little cheerleader who just wanted me to spot her. She wasn't trying to be disrespectful to whoever I was talking to. She wasn't trying to be selfish and steal all my time. She was just capitalizing on getting something done that she really wanted to do. And I was giving her a platform to capitalize on that. I was giving her the opportunity to be a thief of not only my time, space, and energy, but that of others. Because if she did that five times in a row, that was four other times that I could have been spotting and helping another cheerleader 
that wanted the same thing but wasn't stealing it from me. Therefore, I was teaching the other cheerleaders that they didn't matter, that they had to be aggressive to get what they wanted instead of teaching everybody respect, boundaries, and to honor sacred space. Imagine you're in a yoga studio, you lay your mat down at the top of the class or your favorite spot by the mirror or away from the mirror, whatever works. You go to the bathroom and when you come back, your mat is moved or thrown in the corner or missing. How violated do you feel? How violated does the others feel knowing that you are able to get violated? How insecure does everyone feel at that studio? How much work now does the teacher have to create sacred space? All right. Well, I hope that there were some good nuggets in today's episode. This is something that came up in our group over the last couple of weeks, some of the work we've been doing in the sacred space. Healing your trauma, healing your life, creating sacred space, creating boundaries are all things that each and every one of us should be doing. If everyone created sacred space, then it wouldn't be odd for just you to be doing it. It seems like you're the only one doing it, but everyone should be doing it. That way, when everyone walks into the yoga studio, everyone knows that they're supposed to take off their shoes, turn off their phone, dial down their voices, begin to stretch, meditate, breathe. No one's worried that they're going to lay down their mat and come back and it's missing. It is not that type of environment. Everyone acknowledges and honors that it's a sacred space. Everyone knows when they walk into the library how they're supposed to behave. Everybody understands when they're walking into a classroom what they're supposed to do. When you walk into a business meeting, an interview, everyone technically understands sacred spaces. So it's not going to be as hard as you're thinking to create one permanently in your life. You just have to be mindfully aware that you need to do it. And we all need to do it. And we need to constantly encourage others to honor it without feeling guilt, shame, without feeling like you owe them something by dishonoring your own time, space, privacy. And if you've suffered from trauma, this is something that is a gift that you can give yourself. I have to tell you, people invite me to places. They offer me beautiful opportunities, gifts. And by gifts, I mean gift, gifting me their time. And I used to think if someone was gifting me their time, I owed it to them to honor that gift by participating in whatever it was they were wanting to do with me. 
But what I forgot was I can say no to their gift because the gift that I was about to give myself or the other person I already agreed to give my time to was just more important in that moment. Or I just wanted to say no. And it's not because I'm mean or a bad person or I don't ever hang out with these people or I don't ever go to these places or I always want to be with my dogs or whatever people start to think of because they don't realize that by me honoring my time and my energy and my space, even if that means that they don't get any of it, that's me teaching them that it's okay for them to also do the same. Sometimes people do not realize that they have the opportunity to truly do what they want to do with their time, their body, their emotions, their space, because they think that whoever asks first or who is the loudest or the most aggressive or gives the best opportunity is the one they're supposed to choose. This can prevent bad relationships from even beginning if we all just honor that. This can prevent bad relationships from even beginning if we all just honor that. (sighs) All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing me to share my thoughts. Please do remember love is the highest vibration. Go in peace. Namaste. I am so honored that you are listening to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. Never miss an episode. Download the free app on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Please also rate the show with five stars. I would greatly appreciate that. Visit me on my website at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. I include free yoga sequences every single month. You can leave a comment or message me and we can connect. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful personal practice. Namaste.